Praise the name of the Lord. Um, the session is going to be brief. You are free to also ask questions, put them in writing, or raise your hands at the end of the teaching. And um, this morning we're supposed to be dealing on issues and matters that borders our relationship. Um, I decided I was going to take it in a very straightforward and simple way, explaining from some of the works and um, writings that I've already done. So I'll be teaching you this morning about the deep facts of relationship. Every relationship brings about moral commitments, whether you are conscious of it or not. It brings about moral commitment. So that moral commitment has a binding force that keeps it together. And that binding force, whether you are conscious of it or not, it is existing. And that binding force, to, if you want to give it a spiritual term, you call it a soul tie. What did I say? A soul tie. If you want to give it a term, the binding force that keeps the relationship is a tie, is a knit, is a knot. And some may call it soul tie. Bow your heads and let us pray. And Father, we thank you for giving us opportunity to sit in your presence and listen. May your word that will come to us expose areas of our hearts that needs divine visitation. And in any place that our hands have become weak, Lord, strengthen it this morning. In any place that our life has become eroded, invaded and destroyed, Lord, recover, heal and restore this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the name of the Lord. So relationship is just the way in which two persons are connected together. Anything that makes two persons to become connected is called relationship. So relationship in itself is not just only, it could be a good term, it could be a bad term. What makes relationship good or bad depends on what is connecting both of you. Are you understanding me now? What makes it glorious or inglorious is what is bringing about the connection. All through scripture, we found out that relationship is the foundation of God and systems of God. God was the author of all relationships. He couldn't exist independently. He wanted a company. Even though he could be God and have nobody around him and have no need for anybody, he still wanted company. Before, before God created man, he had the relationship of a very close friend, Satan. You know his, his closest friend was Lucifer. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of that? God's closest friend was Lucifer. In fact, that was the closest. It was closer than the angels. was closer than anybody. The Bible said that he was the one that walked in the midst of the stone of fire. Ezekiel. If you go and read Ezekiel chapter 28, you will see the, you will see the story of Lucifer. He said, in the day which you were made, precious stones were within you. You were made with precious stones. And scripture ended in verse 14 by saying that he was the one that was walking in the midst of the stone of fire. Now, that, that line in scripture 
tells you that no other person could come into that place. The stone of fire is God's very presence. That is the throne room. The very holy of holy. God's most private environment. Are you understand what I'm saying now? The only person that was the provost general of the cathedral of God was Lucifer. Now when you say cathedral, cathedral is from a Latin term that means catalos, which means throne, throne. Cathedral, the word cathedral is a throne, a seat. So like, if you come to Anglican church, you will see in every Anglican church there is a seat, right? And they say it's for the bishop or for the archbishop. You see, you see such a thing. So when you hear cathedral, it means it's the seat of the overall head of the church. So it's not the building, it's the throne that makes it the cathedral. Is because the, the, the head sits there. So if you go to different, you know, different um, churches, you could see, maybe you will see one seat there. I believe that maybe that one is the one they kept for bishop, right? Nobody sits. Do, do you see people sitting there? Like on Sunday now, tomorrow I will be worshipping here. After procession and we bow, and should I just walk up and go and sit down there? Something tells me that I shouldn't go there and sit. Am I right? No. So it's the throne. Now God has that kind of throne in heaven. How did I know? Daniel saw it in Daniel chapter 9, chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. He said, I looked, thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days took his seat. So Daniel saw God sitting down. But he couldn't see the image of God. He couldn't describe God. When he tried to describe God, what he was describing was fire. Everything, fire, 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 fire. He said the wheels were fire. The countenance, fire. River, fire. Uh, circle around it, fire. Thousands of angels. So he couldn't see anybody. He just saw a body of fire coming down towards the throne. And But when the Bible said that Lucifer walked in the midst of the stones of fire, it means that he was the one that was able to approach God and clean the throne. And the Bible said he had, he had, he had instruments of timbrets on him. Ezekiel 28, that is, he could make music, so he stayed close to God. It was God's closest relationship. Are you listening to me now? So, what was it that kept them together? I told you that relationship is, is the way by which two or more persons are connected. So, what was it that connected Lucifer and God? Huh? Can anybody answer? What was the connection? Music. Somebody can say music. And any other thing? Any other thing? Worship. Lucifer was there to worship him through music, through services, through his loyalty. But you know that that relationship didn't last, according to scripture. Did it last? The relationship fell. What happened to the relationship? It fell. Why did it fall? It fell because evil came into it. One was trying to bring about the downfall of another. Now, once a relationship goes that way, it should break. Are you listening to me now? Once a relationship becomes that, degenerating through that, which one of the party is bringing the downfall of, the, of another, then it is no more relationship. It should break. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? And so, he had that relationship broken. There was war in heaven. I can't take time to explain that. A lot of mysteries are embedded in those shots, that short, this short story. But we can't go into it about relationship. I want to teach you on the aspect that concerns you directly. And immediately Lucifer was driven down to the earth. 
Within that interregnum, the Lord said, let us make man in our own image. And create them after our own likeness. They may have dominion over the birds of the air, the fishes of the sea, the beasts of the field, and all the created things. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. And the Bible said the Lord made them. Male and female, he created them. Every evening, God comes down to have fellowship and communion with man. Relationship. Do you know that immediately Satan fell, God restructured the order of authority in heaven. Okay, let me not go into that. You may not, it will take our time. But there was a restructuring of order of the authority in heaven. And that restructuring became simple. After God, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is the cherubims. The cherubims, the chief cherub is Satan, which is called Lucifer. The Bible said, and you were the anointed cherubim that, that what? Covered. Don't you read the Bible? Go to Ezekiel 28. When you go home, study it. Alright? You should know his name from heaven because he's your greatest enemy. I'm describing him because that's the the issue we want to deal with this morning. Know him very well. He was called what? The anointed cherub that does what? That covereth. He is the one that covers the throne of God. And so, after the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the next in hierarchy is the cherubims. The cherubims, if you want to understand it in in, in the book of Exodus, is the angels that you saw on the Ark of the Covenant. Moses saw heaven and saw the way the Ark of the Covenant was designed and the Lord told him, design it according to the things I showed you, the patterns I showed you in heaven. So he came now, designed the Ark and designed two angelic looking beings, right? With their, finger, with their uh, wings covered this way. And what were those angels on the Ark called? Cherubims, right? They were called cherubims. And the Lord said, in, in between the wings of the cherubims, there I will meet with you. So, the presence of God was right in between the wings of the cherubim. That is to tell you that the highest potential in the power and glory of God was sitting in between that cherubim. That's where it was. God is so great, fiery God, that you can't approach. If you approach the fiery glory of God, you die. Not just... Not just man alone, even spirits die if they approach it. So the glory with which God encounters man is an attenuated form. I don't know how to put it, but you should understand what I'm saying. By the time I come down to explain the depth of these things, it will be clearer when it comes to relationship. So, that glory that is the most potent and powerful glory of God that nobody except the cherubs can withstand is the glory that is called Shekinah glory. Have you ever heard the word Shekinah? Now, Shekinah is the strongest and most dangerous glory of God. You don't see it and survive. You don't approach it and live. You die. Actually, that it was Shekinah that killed Uzzah. Are you understanding me now? It was the Shekinah glory that killed Uzzah. Actually, when the ark was about to fall... Where Uzzah touched was not the body of the ark. He mistakenly put his hands in between the cherubims. And that's where the Shekinah of God was residing. And no man touches it. That's what killed him. It wasn't that God was angry. It wasn't that God was not happy. No. It was that that level of glory is equated to a high voltage current. Are you understand what I'm saying now? 
is equated to a high voltage current. So if you approach it, it just kills. It's not a matter of, you know, a question of whether God is angry or not angry. He's too powerful a glory to come close. That was why he died. So the cherubim is the one who could stay close to such level of glory. But when Lucifer fell out of glory, God needed a replacement. And it is surprising and shocking that the people, the person, the, what God raised to replace Lucifer was man. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? After the Godhead, the next in hierarchy is man. Before you talk about, before you talk about, because you have Godhead, cherubims, seraphims, are you listening to me? Angels and archangels, then other beings. That's the order. Godhead, cherubims, seraphims, angels and archangels, then other beings. Immediately cherubim fell. Let us make man in our own image. And God made man to replace the cherubim. So that they can have relationship. So before the man fell, before man fell, in Genesis chapter 3, we had all the godly and divine nature that can come into the Shekinah of God and have relationship with him. And nothing happens. Man before the fall was omnipotent man, omnipresent man, and omniscience man, just like God. Do you know why I'm saying that? Because it's in the scripture. He was able to name all the creatures that God created. And the Bible said that whatever he calls their name, that was the name. What does that mean? God already had the name of everything he created. But he told Adam, name them. And God, Adam had the same mind of God. That anything he calls any creation was what God wanted to call it. And he needed not to consult with God. So he thinks the same way with God. Are you understanding me now? That's one. He, Adam could go to any realm of life. If it was the air, the sea. In fact, he could, he could, he could go into the air and, and have relationship with the beast of the air. He could go into the sea and have relationship with the, with the beast of the sea. He could, I mean, Adam was, he could go everywhere and assume any position and assume any transformation. He was spirit before the fall. So he had the very nature of God. The reason why that is correct is because the scripture said it, the Bible said it. What is man that thou art so what? And what is the son of man that thou so what? Visitest him. For you have made him a little lower than. Now, King James told you angels, but the actual Hebrew word there is a little lower than Elohim. Did you hear me? Go and search these things I'm saying. A little lower than Elohim. So, God made man a little lower than Elohim. Elohim is Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So a little lower man before the angels and archangels. Are you understanding me? That is why the devil hated man with such an hatred that he would never have a reconciled process with man eternally. Are you listening to me now? The reason, one of the reasons why the Satan will never like you. Are you listening to me? It's because you were created to replace him when he fell. Are you listening? You were created to do what? I didn't hear you. You were created to do what? 
to replace him in the relationship with God. He lost out of the relationship. God needed another person to replace him. So he created man to replace Satan. Satan knew that man, that you are his replacement in relationship with God. And therefore, he cannot allow you have relationship with God. All that, I mean, otherwise, he fixes you to any other relationship other than God. As a matter of fact, instead of the Satan to allow you keep relationship with God as it ought to be, and achieve it, he can do anything under the sun to keep you in another relationship. And that's what he's been doing, and that's, that's what has been his business all through the season and, and ages and centuries of his fall. Satan's mission is one, separate man from his relationship with God. Because that was what, that was where he used to belong. So when he fell and God made man to replace him, he was never happy about it. And until the end comes, your greatest battle is to keep relationship with God. Satan won't let you. Are you listening to me? As a matter of fact, the enmity between Satan and man is an eternal enmity. Do you agree? Do you agree? Genesis chapter 3 and in verse what? 15. Genesis chapter 3 and in verse what? 15. I shall put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and what? And her seed. But the seed of the woman shall do what? Bruise the head of the serpent. All of you must be Bible students. Are you listening to me? You must be Bible students. That's, one, that's, that, that's the secret for your victory. You must, be, you must be talking scripture with your mouth. Among your friends, you are discussing scripture. I found out that that was one of the secrets that helps any young Christian grow fast. You must know the scripture. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you have finished your Bible once, cover to cover? You finished it. Raise up your hand. Boldly. Raise. You finished your Bible. You've read from page one to the end. Raise your hand very well. Okay, we are, we are not up to 10% of the, of, the, of the number. That's so small. That's so small. The word of the Lord must dwell in you richly. As a matter of fact, before, I talk, before we go down to begin to deal with relationship matters, you must start a relationship from the very definition and origin points. Are you listening to me now? Maybe by, in the evening when I'm coming, I'll bring, you, I'll bring you printouts of schedules of how to read the Bible. If you, you could finish the Bible in a month, how many of you will be willing to finish the Bible in one month from, from now, after, after I'm done with you? You are willing to finish the Bible in a month. I'll give you a, a timetable. How many of you will be willing to do it? In two? I have one month, two months, three months program. You can finish it. Some of you, your holidays is more than a month. Am I right? Your holidays is like one month or even more. Then you have other free times that if you put it together, it's more than a month. What are you doing with it? I was in Egypt for a program. In Cairo. A small church. They are hiding. It's so, nearly everywhere is Islamic, so it's just a small church. And so I went. And after that evening, my tour guide took me around, around Egypt, to go and show me some of the, the, the place is fine. And he took me to one of their universities, Islamic University of, in Egypt. And he told me that this school, this school has many, many students, and the, one of their conditions for admission is to recite the Quran from the beginning to the end. It's a criteria for admission. Now I asked him, what do you mean? He the criteria for admission. I said, so how many students are there? Because I was feeling that nobody could recite the Quran from beginning to the end. I said, there are more than 12,000 students. So I asked him, do you mean those numbers? He said, more than 90% of them, 12,000 of them, know the Quran from beginning to the end. They started from childhood to recite it. 
This is not just read, it's memorizing. How many verses have you memorized in scripture? Now, these are potential grace within you that can help you fight and manage relationships. If you expect me to start teaching you seven rules and ten rules of relationship, I can do that later. But I want to tell you that there are fundamental things that when they begin to operate in you, naturally you will begin to deal with issues that are, are issues that are not are not godly and divine as, as, as regards to your relationship life. Are you listening to me now? You can deal with them. So, I want you to, I want you to have a deeper knowledge of scripture. So in Genesis 3.15, the Lord puts enmity. God himself put the enmity there. And because it was the Lord that planted the enmity, there can never be reconciliation. And I'd like you to know, if you allow the devil to have any of his, of his articles, any of his material in you, hear me, he, that cannot qualify you to have good relationship with him. The target of the devil with any youth, any man, is destruction. Is what? Is what? No matter how beautiful, pleasurable, or interesting, the relationship, opinions, and suggestions of the devil around you may appear. The agenda is straightforward. What is it? You can never be his friend. He can never have a reconciled process with man. It's not going to be possible. I met an occult grandmaster, and by the, by the time we were through with him, you know, Maya, the Lord hit him hard in the crusade and delivered him. The, the anointing was heavy in the meeting. The Lord struck him because he came to challenge the power of God, and God decided to now prove to him once that he is God who rules over the affairs of men. Dealt with the man strongly. And when he repented, I visited him in his house and I packed out a lot of artifacts and articles of high level intellectual occultism. This is not like the village type. This is learned, well-read man who is in Freemasonry, deep in occultism and connected to some of the fetish things. He dips his hand in a pool of bucket, in, in a bucket of blood. His hands in a bucket of blood. And when I was done with him, we started organizing for his follow-up. Thank God now he has matured in some, some stages and, and knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I visited Omaha to see him, I sat down with him in his house. And we got talking. And he started to recap his relationship with Satan. And he told me that the Bible is the most authentic book in the world. Unfortunately, it is we Christians that cannot make that kind of declaration. <laughs> we are not even conscious. I mean, we are not even confident of the Bible we carry. Are you, are, do you understand what I'm saying now? He was saying that it is the Bible that is the most that the devil has done everything possible to conceal the, the order and the hierarchy of his oppression from the beginning of the ages. That it was the Bible that described his oppression. And I was listening and say, how? He said the order of, of authority in, 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 the, in the kingdom of darkness was what Paul said in the book of Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, Against regards of this world and against the money that, that is how it is arranged. That's him, that even hell is still shocked how Paul could discover that and write it in scripture. Up till today, hell is shocked. Satan is surprised. How a man could know that? Are you understanding me? And so he said that oh, there will be no time. He began to describe to me the planes, the planes. 13 planes of the operation. And he said that the 13th plane is where Satan sits. So the remaining 12 planes is headed by 4 principalities and 8 powers. 
Four principalities, eight powers. Principalities are higher than power. So, four principalities, four planes, eight powers, the remaining plane. So, it's twelve. Then the devil sits on the thirteenth plane. So, for him, he was taken on a journey. When he was maturing in occultism, in his relationship with Satan, he was becoming close. And they said to him that constantly, one of the things he does to empower his relationship is that he keeps going to schools, schools like um, Nekede, uh, um, uh, was he named three schools and he keep taking young ladies, young ladies who are of loose virtues and keep sleeping with them in hotels. That it was a strengthening for him. That before he was able to, to be taken through the 10th plane, what is called transcendent meditation. So he went through the planes and came to the 13th one and saw what looks like a being called Lucifer. That he was demanded. He was demanded to deflower at least 49 ladies. And he achieved it. And I, was like, and I was like, it will be 49 careless ladies who thought it was just one moment of pleasure. And they didn't know that an occult grandmaster was hunting their destiny. What is he doing with deflowering young ladies? I don't know. But I asked him, I said, but what exactly do you do with deflowering young ladies? And he said to them, he said that, that the elements of authority is in a man. And one of the simplest ways of taking it is through sexual immorality. You can take it. Elements of authority. Immediately he said that. Scripture connected in my head. And I understood that that was true. Judas. Hello? Hello? Are you listening to me? I remember that that was true. His name was Judah. One of the sons of, 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 um, of, of um, Jacob. Right? His name was Judah. The Bible said he went out at night. This lady concealed herself and pretended to be an harlot. Am I right? And he hid herself by the way. Judah went into her. And by daybreak, Judah was like, anybody who does this deserves to die. Can we have an In those years, in those days, the Torah had a cutting edge. I don't know if I should come down. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you following me? In those years, the Torah, Torah means the law. Torah, law, it had a cutting edge. What do I mean? That the law had effects. Not just with evidence, but with the event itself. That is, if the event has been done, even if there is no evidence, the law will hit you. Today, nobody is convicted of criminality until there is evidence. Am I right? So, that cutting edge of the law has gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is that in case you go to the secret in hiding and commit some some funny and, and ugly and perpe- I mean, perpetrate evil and come out and pretend as, if, as though nothing had happened. You can succeed. But it was, if it was in the time of the Torah, the cutting edge of the law, although there are no evidences, nobody saw you, the law will still hit you because the law sees both in the secret and in the open. Are you understanding what I'm saying now? So Judas did that. And by the time he appeared, the lady had collected the scepter. Am I right? Collected the watering can and collected what? What? Three elements of authority in the life of a man. One careless moment of immorality. He lost all of them. And the Lord told me that that's physically portrayed in the life of Judah is what happens in the life of any anointed child of God. Any child of God, young child of God that is careless in the place of immorality, to get connected to any careless relationship. One moment! You are losing in the realm of the spirit elements of authority that may be difficult to recover. 
You can be existing. You just, life can just continue. You'll be existing. But I'll tell you the truth. As long as the realms of darkness is concerned, you can't stand and speak and darkness will listen to you anymore. It's not possible. Are you listening to me this morning? It's not possible. That's why there's so much of weaknesses in the church. You pray, you bind the devil, you talk to the devil, he still stands and laughs at you. In fact, right in your father's house, he's dealing with everybody. You are praying and nothing is happening. You've lost authority. But there are voices that the devil will tremble once he hears. Once he hears. Are you understanding me this morning? And so, relationship becomes the framework for everything that has to do with supernatural authority and supernatural dynamics. It's relationship. Everything hangs on relationship. You need to define it. You need to understand it. You need to know the perspectives and, and, and godly and the patterns that it must run. You, you, must have, you must have it clear. Otherwise, you will just be running a life that is, as long as you, I mean, you'll just be running a course in life that's, that is just meant to occupy time and exist. That's all. You just be existing, occupying time. As far as the reality of life and spirituality is concerned, destruction is only a question of time. It will overtake the person. And so that is how the Lord arranged it. It started in heaven. Satan lost relationship with God. God raised man, created. <laughs> breath upon the man, the breath of his, of his nostrils, man became a living soul. Spirit. He brought man into that level and restored him. The devil said no. 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 Man can't take that highest position. And so he went for man. And so sad in history and so sad in reality that in Genesis chapter 3, man fell. If you understand the fall of man, you will weep. As a matter of fact, many of us who have been reading about the fall of man, the fall of man, you don't know man that fell. You don't understand the fall of man. If you know what man was prior to the fall and what God wants to restore in us in Christ and through Christ, then you will know that you and I we are still far away from the restoration program. Are you listening to me this morning? Still far. And so, each time, it must take an understanding to strike a level of urgency. It must take an understanding to hit a level of, of import in your heart. To know the extent to which you must get your relationship with Christ restored. Now, in getting your relationship with Christ restored, it will automatically break every other ungodly relationships. As a matter of fact, a man driving to a, a restored relationship with God breaks every other relationship. There is no way, there is no way the filthy things of this life can have access into your life. It's not possible. Because you will become unavailable them. The reason is not because you would not want it, but because the desperate desires of your heart cannot attach to the inclinations of this world. But let me come down to our level. Every relationship has a connection. And that connection is called a tie. And there is a godly tie. There is an ungodly tie. Throughout scripture, the Bible was talking about how we are joined together. 
in the book of 1 Corinthians. Open your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 26. Scripture is describing about relationship. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 12 to 26, we will not have time to read it, but scripture was talking about the body. That as for the body is one with many members. That is how we are in Christ. One body, but with many members. What is he trying to talk about? Relationship. As the body is one, verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13, for also by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Greek or Jews, whether bond or free. Even all were made to drink into one spirit. This is the spiritual relationship. All were meant to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So if the foot shall say, because I am not the head, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not the body? Verse 16. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not the body. Is it therefore not part of the body? What is this scripture trying to tell us? That in Christ we have relationship. We are joined together. And he began to to describe the factor. The joining factor of that relationship. And the joining factor is one spirit. One spirit. We were all baptized into Christ. And we all drank from one spirit. And so anybody with a strange spirit among us is evil. Anybody with a strange spirit in your fellowship is evil. You need to accept it like that. Anybody around you, whether your friend in school, in, at home, in class, in coming in the hostel, that is not with the Spirit of God, is a strange person and must be regarded as such when you begin to relate with him or her. Because having that in mind defines the level and limits you must go with such a person. Are you listening to me now? He's a strange person. Now the problem is how to know one who is with the Spirit and who is not with the Spirit by their fruits. You shall what? But you see, with this level of knowledge you have in the word of God, it will be difficult for you to discern what is right and who is not. And that is why I must begin by telling you that the fundamental breakthrough you must have in being able to take to face the challenge of this generation is an in-depth knowledge of the word of God. You must know, that you must have it in in-depth understanding. And I tell you the truth, it is not the elders that should know scriptures more than young people. Actually, it's the young ones that should know the scriptures more than the elders. Do you understand me? We are the ones that ought to be asking all the questions in church. And it is not just flimsy questions, but intricate questions that are knowledge-based. Can you stand now in front of your classmates or in faculty building and, and make an intellectual defense of the Christian faith and produce it by scriptural backings? Can you? Is that not the reason why all these false doctrine teachers and all these 
preacher boys and girls all over the place have brought up a simple doctrine of grace and is brainwashing a whole generation. And I can't see young people rising up to defend it. I can't see. They tell you all kinds of easy believism and grace messages and tell you that the grace of God is... I mean, they, oh my God. And I can't see young people understanding. Paul was a teacher of grace. Yet he said, I am all I am by the grace of the Lord. He said, yes, leverage I than every one of you. And so they tell you. I hear them sing all kinds of songs. They've condemned the songs of the fathers. And they've raised their own songs. Have you heard, have you heard such things? Maybe people are not exposed to them. Now, better have the word of the Lord grounded in you before exposure to such a people. The winds of their teachings are dangerous. Every relationship is defined by the spirit behind it. Hello? Are you listening to me? Every relationship is defined by the spirit behind it. So our relationship in Christ is because we have all drank from the same spirit. From the same spirit. The fruits of the spirit are obvious. They are manifest. Galatians chapter 5. They are there. Manifest. The character of the child of God, you will discover it is there in scripture. You must have everything in understanding and in balance. That's what will help you now define your environment and say, yes, although I am part of this group, but I'm not really of them. Because I have been able to see among them various kinds of life, all kinds of life that is capable of destroying my most holy faith. And based on this understanding, this is the extent to which I will relate with this young man. This is the extent to which I will relate with this young woman. The boundaries are set and clear. I can't go further and I can't go beyond it. That's the security point. Scripture made us understand that everything about relationship is spiritual. Are you listening to me? Relationship is a very spiritual thing. There is nothing about relationship that is as physical as spiritual. It is more spiritual than physical. Everything about relationship more spiritual than physical. No matter how casual it is, it is more spiritual than physical. You may not have understood it now because you don't know, but agree even without understanding that I said so, it is more spiritual than physical. Our relationship with God was defined by the spirits. It came again to first, first Corinthians chapter 6. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 6. If you look at verse 16, somebody read. If you find it, read. He's still talking about spirits. Each time the Bible talks about relationship with people, he calls spirits. He calls spirits. Yes, are you there? Read. First Corinthians 6. That he who unites himself with a prostitute, yes, is with her in body, is one with her in body, yes. For it is said, the two will become one flesh. Did you, did you hear that? Both are separate, but they have become one in body. They have become one in body. Both are separate. Know you not that he that unites himself with an our Lord has become one flesh. How was it possible to be one flesh? 
He came, united with an alert, and when it was over, he went his way. The alert went his way, but scripture said you become one flesh. So where did, the, where did it form? Where did the oneness form? Where? In the spirits. In the realm of the spirits, are you listening to me? In the realm of the spirits, you are coming into church. God forbid, like Reverend Moses, singly, coming into the, in, in, in Reverend Moses, walking into church. In the realm of the spirit, it is Reverend Moses and the harlot coming into church. But pastor will only see Reverend Moses and say, ah, man of God, you are welcome. Man of God. But he doesn't know that man of God is coming with another harlot inside. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? It's a spiritual thing. Where did they become one flesh? They told us in church, and we saw it in scripture, that for this, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined with his wife, and they will become one flesh. I've been married with my wife for about six years now. We are two different human beings. She's in the house waiting for me to come back. Are we one, are we one human being? Have we joined? So where did the joining take place? The spirit. Our soul is joined. Our spirit is joined. Our brother was reading a scripture when I came in. Very important scripture. Praise the name of the Lord. I was listening to him. He was reading a scripture. And it looks like it was first Samuel chapter 18, right? First Samuel chapter 18. Go to that scripture. It was first Samuel 18. Saul and, Saul and Jonathan. First Samuel 18, verse 1. That's why that's that's a perfect example of a soul tie in scripture. Somebody say soul tie. A tie in spirit. Soul tie. So when they have made an end of their speech, when they have made an end of their, they finished talking, they've made an end to their speech. Yes, what happened? And the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. How many of you does knitting with um, wools? How many of you have done knitting? You knit. You know what's called knitting? They use it to prepare other sweaters, right? You see this thing? These are ropes. Right? Individual, single ropes. Am I right? These are single ropes brought together. But something happened to these single ropes. What happened to them? They were knitted. And when these single ropes came under the influence of knitting, what did they form? They were no longer single. They were one clothes. They became one. That's the that's, that's mystery of knitting. You can come individually, but when you knit, you enter, come out, go that way, knit, in and out, tie, in and out, tie, entangled. I can tell you that if I want to punish any of you now, I don't need to flog you. I'll just sit you down here and remove this tie and give you and say, separate all these ropes one by one and keep them by the time I come back. Will you be able to do it? If we, can you do it? As I'm, t- as I'm telling you, you, it is impossible. Even if you sit down now, okay, let's start removing it. It's not okay. Let me do it one by one. You, you, you get it. You get a needle. You are trying. It's not. You can't separate again. That's the danger of getting into certain relationship. Your soul will be so entangled that forever you can't get out of it again. 
I mean, forever. You can't get out of it again. Do you know what I mean? Even if you repent and you are born again, and you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, the injuries and the scars in your body cannot go. You will carry it into Christ and be going like that wounded. You won't be healed of it. Are you listening to me? Did you hear what I said now? It is important. See, you must be careful. You can't unknit once it's been knitted. When it is broken, you, it is broken with scars and injuries. And so when you come into Christ, you will see the scar of your sinful nature is there. It, it, will, it will remind you. You can't have clear skin. I mean, it can't be smooth skinned anymore. Did you hear what I'm saying now? It can't be smooth skinned anymore. That's the reality of it. And the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And they became friends. Now let me tell you one thing about soul tie and relationships. Once you get connected to anybody, anybody, whether biological, biological um, relation or friend, it determines and decides what happens to you. It determines a flow between you both. Something happened between David and Jonathan and that was horrible. Let me give you a background story. Do you know that if you read from that first Samuel chapter 18, the Bible said that Jonathan pulled out his armor and gave it to David. If you go home, read that whole chapter 18. Removed his belt. Removed his belt and gave it to David. Took his sword of battle Give it to David. Are you aware that that soul tie transferred everything that was supposed to be the blessings of Jonathan to David? Even the kingship of Israel, the next person that was supposed to be king was who? Jonathan. It was supposed to be Jonathan. This is so real. When we are still talking about godly connection. This, this, one is, this one is a godly kind of connection. But look at the reality of it. Let alone an ungodly connection. Let alone an ungodly relationship. What you will lose in an ungodly relationship, you can never imagine. Hello? You can never imagine. I had a very terrible experience in first year in the university. Terrible experience. I came into school. 2002. I came into the University of Nigeria. As a medical student. We were still in UNN. Running our admission. When I had this lady come close to me. I won't mention her name. But she was. She happened to be my classmate. Fairer than anybody I think I can, I've seen here. I don't know where she came from. Yes, we all met in school. It's even possible that she's one of these agents of darkness. I can't tell. Or is it not possible? You are looking at me and laughing. Is it not possible? It's possible. Anybody can be, can be an instrument of the devil. Mind you, the instruments won't even come from distant places. It's around you. I told you yesterday that your worst enemies will come from, from around you. Am I right? So be careful about those ones that call you their friends. Are you listening? Look at your friend. Hold the ears. Hold, I'm giving instruction. Obey. Hold the person's ear. 
Anybody by your side? Hold it. No, not your own. Your friend's own. Hold. Yes. Then tell him, say, be careful of those that call you their friends. Yes, thank you. Be careful about them. You never can tell the one that will become your greatest destruction. You never can tell. As I speak now, by the Spirit of God in me, I'm clearly confirming that some of you are deeply victims of what I'm saying already. Your life has been so mixed up, tangled, that you don't even know how to come out of it. You don't know. Things have gone so bad with your life. And you are wondering, how did I get myself into this quagmire? It's difficult to come out. I came into school born again. I was already a preacher. I was already a child of God. By 2002, I was was a happy born again Christian. Grateful to God that I got admission. I was in the north and they called me. That you've got an admission in UNN. By merit. Come and study medicine. My family was excited. We all came down. And I was sent to school. The very moment I arrived to university. My own giant came. Every relationship that the devil had designed to ruin your life. Is the greatest giant you fight. Are you listening to me? And facing the giant is not one it's not just one dream you had and saw demons pursuing you. Some of you, the giant that will ruin your destiny is that little young man around you that calls himself your, that's trying to claim that he's your boyfriend. And you are trying to spiritualize it and say, well, it's not, a, it's not like the boyfriend thing. It's just that we are friends. It's just, don't stop speaking that nonsense English. Tell yourself the truth. Are you listening to me this morning? Facing the giant is an intimidating experience. As a matter of fact, I was intimidated by that girl. But I was disappointed. I said, how can this little girl, 2002, I could confront spirits, I could pray prayers, I could battle, I mean, I could stand and I would make others and the power of God will be moving. But when the young, we were struggling for the line, trying to get our rage number, we came early hours of the morning, we were struggling for the line. And I had struggled, you know, I was like a, a cake boy coming from home, fresh in school. I had struggled, friend, give me line, give me, and we have found our line, at least we are standing. And one, one off-color looking, species thing, just came in. Moses, excuse me, can I stay here? I, I couldn't say no. No, no, no you, you are laughing. Does it not happen? Excuse me, I, I don't know how they speak that thing. Excuse me, can, can I stay with you? I just found out that I was intimidated and I said, no problem, stay. stay. I was like, ha. Ah. Okay, open your mouth and say, my friend, I'm not even nonsense. God, I couldn't say anything. So I stood. But deep down in my heart, I was uncomfortable. But here it is. The giant is intimidating. You see, until you, you recognize that you are facing an intimidating, and a giant that is intimidating, you can't rise up and fight. When I told my, I, when I told my friend, Dr. Chidogawunka, Dr. Emeka, my son in the Lord, 
We finished. And I called Dr. Mecca and I said, Dr. Mecca, that lady, I don't know. He said, what is it? I said, I don't like that lady. That lady is up to something. By evening, I don't know how she made her way to Avani Kokoho. That's in, in ULN. Because we stayed in Avan. In front of Avan. And we came down to collect to fresh water. And there was, there was, there was her. I'm with, I'm looking for you. Looking for me? Any problem? No, I just want to see you. I came to visit you. I was like, visit me. Ever since, I'm not, we're not up to two weeks in school. What's the visiting about? I said, okay, you came to visit me. Alright, let's see here. Is there any problem? There's no problem. I just came to see you. I believe that if you come to see me, there must be a problem for, for, for coming to see me. What's the problem? It was a few weeks later, because we had prayer meetings and I had friends. You need, to, um, you need to surround yourself with the right friends. The right friends. Otherwise, you'll be destroyed. And so we got talking and I told my friends, if there's anybody I'm afraid of in this campus, I called her name. And Dr. Emeka laughed and said, ah, you are our leader here now. You are like our mentor. Why are you afraid? I said, Emeka, leave mentorship now. Leave leadership now. I am telling you that I am not comfortable with that lady. Dr. Mecca, Chidi, Ogozium, all of them, we gathered together at video. We raised it as a, as a prayer issue. And we got no prayer. Now let me give you a summary of the story. Few weeks later, I was praying and God began to give me an understanding from that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where we read. And the Lord told me that the lady is carrying a destroyed destiny. That the destiny is already destroyed. And that she's looking for a bright destiny to join that destroyed destiny with and, and turn me to a destruction. That was what I understood. And I said, no. If this is the reason, then we need to pray harder. I told my friend, we pray in Vigi, behind the hostel, then, first year, 2002. After prayers, we gathered. One of those days in class, he came. Then I called her and I said, now, from today. After preaching in class, so I called her. So you see, I'm a pastor. But besides being a pastor, I'm born again. Are you born again? She said, yes, she's born again. I said, okay, if you are born, because they, they will claim they are born again. So if you are born again, stay away from me. My spirit, my soul, my body, don't seem to accept your person. Please go. Don't come close. Now, what am I trying to say? By second MB in UNEC here, two years later, Kamsu was already an harlot. One of those days, I was driving my car back from school. And we finished. And we're going for a meeting. We're going for a meeting at one of the churches in town. And we drove across New Haven Junction. Surprisingly, I looked. And I saw my classmates standing there. That was the day the Holy Ghost reminded me what he told me three years ago. And said, see the person you would have joined your spirit with. There is no way you would have graduated from medical school. It's not possible. It's not because she will be there constantly making you fail exam. No. It's just a deposit in your soul and that's all. Are you listening to me now? 
Just a deposit in your soul. And that is all. You will just find out that so many things about your life is going wrong. Not the way you planned it. You are no longer, you are no longer excelling academically. It's just not you. I know I'm intelligent. Why am I not? This is not my result. I can't understand what happened. Yes, you can't understand because the deposit was made sometime when you were unconscious and careless. The signet of authority was taken and replaced with what was evil. She never graduated from this, from that, from, from, her, from her department. She left her class at, fourth, at third year. Now nobody knows her whereabouts. But the last time we happened to see her, tried to preach the gospel to her, approached it. She was already deep Far gone, deep with the connections of the kingdoms of darkness. Actually, she spoke to me clearly. That was four, five years ago, the last time I saw her. Five years ago, spoke to me clearly that I escaped the marine world. It was an escape. And the escape was very narrow. You see, I was the first year thinking it was classmates. Thinking it was a friend. Getting intimidated. Not knowing that a marine world was around me. And it was by a narrow, just an hair's breath that they escaped. And I want to ask a question. How many have been swallowed by it? I was ministering in a place I shall not mention. And why the anointing, why, why the ministration was going on? It was a crusade. The power of God was all over the place. People were under the influence of the anointing. A young lady was standing right at the back. I was on the stage. Stage, very high stage. And my eyes was open in the spirit. And the Lord spoke to me and said, look at that one there. And I began to have an understanding of where she belongs. And she was focused on that stage. I knew that she was focused on, and came to that meeting for a mission. I couldn't point at her. Because I had an understanding in my spirit. Pointing at her, she will understand that I'm, I, I am after. And she will escape. So I spoke to one of my brethren. And I called him off the stage. And I said, look at such, such and such. Such and so person dressed in such and so way. Sitting before so and so person, can you he recognizes the go and gradually bring her to the front? Let's pray with her. He took two ushers and went behind and took him, took her. She struggled with them violently, and in the in the process of struggling, she was already under the power of God. They brought her to the stage, to the stage. When the ministers were praying for her, she was so violent and aggressive that for the first 15 minutes. It was like prayers were not assessing her spirit. I told them, take her to the church. She's distracting my crusade girl. They took her in. We finished the meeting. This girl was still, on, was still struggling with the, with the brethren in prayers. The crusade had ended. Everybody had gone. I wanted to go. The Holy Spirit just laid in my heart. Go and finish up that deliverance. So I came in. And I saw them praying with her. A girl of 21. Praying with her. So I sat down and I was meditating in my heart. Lord, what am I going to do? And you know, as an evangelist, the Holy Spirit can lead you and give you some very weird instructions. Are you listening to me? Very weird instructions. Even as a prophet, can give you some weird instructions. It was laid strongly in my heart. Just pray, pray. Lay hands at her back and pray. Destroy whatever the devil has deposited. Evil satanic deposits in her body. Yes. Yes. Demons make ugly deposits in human bodies. Some it's in their eyes. Some in their ears. Some in their belly. I mean, any part of deposits can be made. And many are walking about carrying demonic deposits all over the place. Complicating the lives of people. 
tarnishing the glory of God. Hindering the process of God in the temple. But when the fire of God comes down, he shows up. He shows up. The moment I got that understanding, I got up prayerfully and I went. Of course, I was excited in my spirit because the whole evening had become tense by the atmosphere of the spirit and I was angry. Instead of laying my hands at her waist, I took my hands and blew her there. In the name of Jesus, be broken. The girl started screaming. My calabash, my calabash. I have a video clip of it. My calabash, wicked man. My calabash. I was just looking at her. And she collapsed. When she recovered. And I sat her down. What's your name? She told me. What was that you were shouting? And she said that she constantly has this strange dream that makes her believe she belongs to a particular kingdom. That's another thing that I'm going to deal with. Some kinds of dreams that you are constantly going through and you are careless about it. You are not even worried. Anything is gradually changing your life. Making you more worldly and more carnal than you, can, that you, that, that, that you have ever imagined. Carnality is now eating you deeply. And so you, can, you, are, you, are open to, you are vulnerable to any kind of relationship. Anything, anybody that comes around you becomes a friend. Is everybody supposed to be your friend? If everybody is your friend, then you're a fool. Friend. Are you listening to me? Not everybody. Not everybody. And I asked her, what is that? She said it was a container that was placed here. That, that particular place I hit. It was a container placed there. And she had carried it for so many years. And it was particularly designed for the harvesting of the destinies of young men which she encounters in immorality. So she harvests. That was, it. that was the first time I heard that word, harvesting. Then I knew. I knew from the mouth of the demon-possessed woman, the girl, that destinies are harvested. Are you listening to me? That destinies are what? Are what? They harvested. You can walk in and they won't carelessly. They harvest your destiny and go. And you will just be empty. Empty. Running different kinds of life. Things around you are failing. You can't explain. Somebody came to me. Everything I tried to do, none works. Oh, everything I tried, none works. And, and, and by the time we sat down and started talking, started praying, started looking, he's one of those victims. The harvest has been done. It was it a was few months after my encounter with that girl that I met a preacher, an Anglican preacher, a, a sound exegete of the word. And he was teaching about the mystery of esotericism and destiny harvesting. I was like, ah, so this thing is real. I'm talking about Reverend Kanonima Uzwebunam. Yes, he was teaching something. I was in a meeting. And he started talking about harvesting of destiny. And he was, he exposed his in, he's in the scriptures. Hello? He's in the Bible. Then I, I held my hands this way. And I found out that once you carelessly and casually begin to engage in some, in some careless attitudes, even as simple as ordinary, ordinary immoral charts, which they call sex charts, or pornography. Destinies are harvested. 
Then I went, that was when I went back. I said, no, I think I need to study these things. Because today, many are not brought into these relationship cons- consequences. It's just the peripheral dangers and destruction that goes by it. So the ones you could do with your cell phones and all that. So what, what, what does that do to our spirit? Can, what does that do to our soul? And I still found out that those are gate openers. Demonic gate openers. That when they open the gates of your soul, they can make certain deposits and take some things in harvest. Like I tell you the truth. Listen to me carefully. The realm of the spirit is more real than in this physical realm. Hello? Tell your friend, the realm of the spirit is more real than this physical realm. I've never seen a false realm. I've never seen a false realm. I've never seen a false realm like this realm we are in now. Physical realm is is so false. I'm looking at you. Everything is so false. If the real you now should emerge in the realm of the spirit, it, it will not be this thing I'm seeing. I've never seen a realm so false like this physical realm. The real thing that controls every man is in the realm of the spirits. And that's where the devil has has really done the havoc. And so when I was talking, he said, as little as those careless attitudes you play around on the internet, play around with friends, do it, you know, chat through, as little as they may look, and you say you are in relationship with him, he's your friend, and you talk together. And you are close. He's the one that understands me. Gates are opening. In the spirit realm. And transfers are being made. There's a godly relationship. There's an ungodly relationship. In the temple, in the house of God, it is the will of God that we will live as God's people. By one spirit. Everything is designed to run on relationship. Let me give you some, some, some tips from a little book, a little thing I wrote concerning relationship. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is laying some things in my heart about some of you. Maybe when the time comes, I'm going to pray. Some of you are already entangled in the Spirit so deeply that you are even wondering if you are possessed of the devil. The reason is because the influences that seem to control you has become too powerful for you to intimidate. The desires, when they come upon you, you are as helpless as vegetable. As a matter of fact, you you don't even remember that you're a Christian anymore. It comes upon you like a garment of carnality and it envelops everything in you. Everything you are, it envelops it. Then you are wondering... Your thought is wandering in all the things that are carnal. You see yourself hovering in the realm of carnality. You could be alone. You could be in company of anybody. But I tell you the truth. It is more dangerous than you can think. Physically, it may look innocent. In the realm of the spirit, more is happening. More is happening. Many have been brought into all kinds of ties. For David and Jonathan, it was a godly one. And what, how do you know the relationship that is godly? How do you know the relationship that is godly? Number one, it creates godly unity between the persons. What does it mean to have godly unity? 
There is no selfishness, no greed, no pride, no arrogance, no superiority complex or class mentality. No. It brings you and your brother to be the same. I see people who say they are in relationship. And whenever a young man and a fellow young man say that they are friends, and one is busy leading another into taking evil decisions, just for the sake or for the purpose of getting your own will satisfied, then you are selfish. You are not considering the position of the other. I've seen so many young ladies who came to me and decided complaining, Pastor, man of God, please pray for me. I've lost it all. What did you lose? The pressures were everywhere. The pressures were everywhere. He was disturbing me and disturbing me. By the way, we've been friends. I said, if you were friends and he was disturbing you and disturbing you, so you yielded. Now you came to me and said, you've lost it all. Who did you lose it to? You lost it to him. So he took a selfish advantage of you. If it was a godly relationship, there would be no need to take an advantage of your, of, of your partner. Carnally or selfishly. Every moral, every moral tendency of anybody around you is a selfish advantage, is a selfish adventure. And it is not godly. Are you listening to me this morning? How do you know relationship that is godly? No selfishness. He doesn't want to satisfy the evil in his own heart using you as an instrument. By the way, you are not reduced to a machine that produces pleasure. Are you a machine? I read about, I read about a notable Nollywood star who said that all it takes for him to spend a night with a woman is just for the woman to come in and stay with, he, with him. If the woman doesn't care to tell him her name, he also doesn't care to tell the woman his name. After the whole night, they are gone. And I was, I was wondering, not even knowing your names. So they've reduced themselves into machines that produce pleasure. That's where the world is going to. We're in a postmodern system. How do you recognize godly relationships? It is found, founded on agape love. The foundation is established on agape love. The characteristics of a godly relationship. Love is a deep word. Abused. Abused by, by, by society. They've called it all kinds of names. Some have called it love. Some have called it love, L-U-V. Some have called it love, L-O-V. Even in the spellings, it tells you how far they've abused it. Do you know what I'm saying now? It's been abused. And nobody knows what love is until you have encountered God. Because the moment the devil fell, he started proliferating. Proliferating the patterns of God. Are you listening to me? He started manufacturing and proliferating the patterns of God. That was, the, that was one of the missions of his fall. So God is love. So he fell and started proliferating all kinds of things called love. And today, society has bastardized the meaning of the word love. And it is, the, it is one of the most hellish things I see. 
It, it, it is sickening when I look into society. I see what they call love and the, and, and the elements that go with it. it it's, it's sickening. It, it makes the man sick. Most of you, because you have not made the word of God your closest companion, Nollywood has defined for you what love is. Am I right? You don't want to talk. Am I right? Nolly had defined for you what love is. Seasons, season films have given you definitions. Movies have defined for you love. And those were the definitions that are conditioning your imageries. And that's why we are like this. You become too thick and impervious for the Holy Ghost to penetrate. You become closed. God has no way to assess your life. Because your concepts, you know, the world has, has brought a different conceptualization of systems into you. And those concepts are now resident in you. And because the concepts are there, the Holy Spirit cannot fully brood over you to produce the man you ought to be. Everything you raise now in our society, any topic you raise now and maybe push it in the, in, in the media or, in, or online or on social media, you will see young Christians arguing from a baseless point of view and from a point that has no scriptural background. And that tells you that our generation has lost the sense of objective reasoning and everything is... Everything is relative, 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 relative. I look at the most dead, dead, devilish thing that has happened now. I believe in looking good. I encourage people to look good. But I know the devil has destroyed young ladies. He has destroyed women. He has destroyed humanity. I was in a wedding to officiate as a priest. I know this daughter. She was one of us in the church. She was a member of the choir. As a matter of fact, everybody created in the image of God is beautiful. Who told you you are ugly? And how did you come to believe it? So that you are now trying to look for something to do. In order to, it's, I mean, the first problem you had was that something in your head accepted that you were ugly. Am I right? Am I right? Something in your spirit accepted it. And when she appeared. Now, can I begin to make some very straightforward and practical things? For some of you that feel you can be anything you want to be. No, 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 no. You can't be anything you want to be. Look at a friend, tap him or her. Say, you can't be anything you want to be. Leave me alone, it's my life. It's, my, it's not your life, my friend. Leave me alone, it's my life. Let me live the world. It's not your life. So nobody's going to leave you alone. Somebody sent me a WhatsApp picture. It's not because I'm not, I'm not aware of these things. But it's because it's becoming, it's, becoming like the, it's becoming like the pursuit of our generation. And I was looking at it. The devil has manufactured all kinds of things for ladies now. And they call it makeup, right? What did they call it? 
all together have one family name. What's what's it? Is it not make up? Everything have one family name. Please, it's not funny. It's horrible. Including building materials. Building materials. Building materials. Screeding. Screeding materials. It's now part of makeup materials. And they use it to, they call it concealer, right? Have you heard the name? Concealer. From the name alone, can't you say that it is evil? It is concealing. With God, are things concealed? With God, things are revealed. It's not concealed. With the devil, things are concealed. The devil is a sincere devil. Though. He tells you the truth. Are you aware of that? He tells you the truth. And she came in. She had changed. If not for, if not for, if not for courtesy's sake, I would have come with images and you put them on project. But it's courtesy. I would have projected the image of somebody on the screen. And I will ask you, is this thing right? The Lord knew, the Lord knew what was good for you. And give you, and give you an eyebrow. He gave you this one. I have it too, don't I? And they will, they, some people will go as far as shaving it off. You remove it, then you get, you get, you get a biro, a writing material. What's the name of that writing material again? Pencil. Then you will now draw it this way. This way. What are you doing? Aren't you stupid? Now I'm asking a question. It's funny. But let's be, let's be truthful. Is it not stupid? You don't want to answer. It's like you like it. Is it not stupid? I mean, it's this way. You, then you will now take it this way. I saw one. I was. I gave a warning in my church. I gave a statement. I didn't want to, to preach it as if I'm preaching a message. I just brought it to as issues. Number one, conditions you must you must meet. I don't care about your faith. If you want to live with the world, live with the devil. But any day you are coming to this altar, see how you will look. If you don't, then we'll pursue you. Go. We are not eager to have members in church. Are you listening to me now? Why not they got to have members? If there are no members, go. Even the ones we have are, is a problem to manage because many are problems. You carry something that looks like the hand fan of His Royal Highness on your eyes. This one, His Royal Highness, and your eyes are gone that way. What are you doing with that? You look at them. She blinks. It goes this way. She blinks again. It goes that way. And you know that something is wrong. And where it hurts me most is that most of you I see now looking this way. As if God is walking. On your wedding day. Some of you become a great disappointment. It happens more on wedding days. Am I right? Yes. Have you noticed that? Yes. Wedding and trads. What, 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 what is it about your wedding and trad that you cannot just... Now, 
Now that you are... Sorry, let me use you as an example. Stand up. Stand, please. Face the church. Now that you are looking this way, please, if you come this way because you are wedding and you still come out like this and come to church, is it not the same, is it not the same church you, you came today? Is it not the same church you are in today? Is it not the same service you came for today? Now, if you come this way and come to church and say, this is my, and you came this way, does that disqualify the wedding? Would that make the priest not to open his mouth and say what God has joined together? Let no man put that. So we will not say that again. Will it, will it, will it, tie, will it now paralyze your hands that you cannot sign your marriage? Do you know that the wedding day is one of the most serious days in your life in the realm of the spirit? Are you aware of that? Are you aware of that? The most serious days in your life. Nollywood has defined for Christians how weddings should be held. I and my wife boldly walked into a wedding thinking it were, they were brethren. In Enugu here. And I was on my collar as a priest with my cassock because we finished from service we couldn't go home. So I was on white cassock. And we're coming in. And to my greatest surprise, the boys had lost courtesy. They had danced and danced and the spirit of dancing had invaded their heads. And when we were walking in, from the noise I was hearing, whether it's the DJ playing, that's another danger of many weddings. DJs. I don't understand what you, you put DJs. And from, I told my wife, my wife said, my wife said, where are we? Where are we? Is it the wedding? I said, no, we came together. So, are you asking me? So I called a friend. Is this an answer? Yeah, yeah, it's the wedding. You are welcome. You are welcome. The, the, the noise was blasting. I said, something may be, it may be a mistake. Only to approach the gates as the entrance. And the young men dancing were coming. Father, father, hey. And they were, they were, they were dancing and were coming. Father, and they were calling me the father. Father, 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 father coming. Father, father. And I was like, father, father, what is it? Because I was looking like the father now. And I, if not, I, 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 felt like, I felt like running back. I felt like leaving. But, but the environment had noticed my arrival. So, so I didn't know what to do. And a group of them were dancing in. And they were following me and my wife. And I was like, all of you go, go, no way. They are, they are down excited. The embarrassment was... The embarrassment was, was, was astronomical. Was phenomenal. And in my heart, I was like, are you sure God is not embarrassed? We managed and dropped our gifts. Eh, God bless you, God bless you. We'll, we'll, we'll see later. Escaped. It was an escape. I want to ask some of you, is it the same way you are going to embarrass your us on your wedding day? No, no, no. Answer us. Answer now. Is it the same? You, maybe you have the same plan to embarrass God's people. Because everybody comes upon you that day and tell you all kinds of stories. The reason about this is that we have formed all around ourselves ungodly relationships. 
As simple as that. The reason is simple. The Bible said, Know ye not that evil communication corrupts what? I didn't hear you. Know ye not that evil communication does what? Corrupt what? It's as simple as that. Something communicating with you is evil. And that's why your life is producing certain things that you can't even believe yourself. No, you know, when we're talking about relationship now, some of you are only even thinking it has to do with, with two individuals together. Yes, it's part of it. But anything that communicates with you is relationship. So, the devil has created a world. We call it a world. A system that can keep you company even when you are with nobody. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? So, the relationship has gone to a higher dimension now as I'm talking to you. That you can sit down alone and still have innumerable company of spirits and demons and friends talking with you, yet there's nobody around. And parents are excited. My child is so wonderful. Oh, no, no, no. But right there, you are with a company. Who are your friends? What do you keep relationships with? God relationship is found on agape love. The agape love is God's principle of love. And when you hear God's love, it has some words that describes it. Words like sacrifice. Are you listening to me? Words like sacrifice. Words like patience. Words like kindness. That's God's, that's God's kind of love. The agape. Words like kindness. Words like, like self, selflessness. Words like humility and honesty. These things are the agape kind of love. Everything they sing around today in your phone. From nice to to Davido, to flavor, to name them, keep naming them, to Whiskey, to Whiz Boy, to Two Face. And you think I don't know them? I know all of them. To uh, I've not I've not called the major Fino. Is it okay? Fino, yes, Fino. To name them, many of them, all of them put together. Devil incarnates. Devil incarnates. Derailing a whole generation. And there are some of the relationships that some of you keep. That's the relationships you keep. Both in your phones, at home, both in your screens, in your rooms. They are the relationships you keep. Stories about them you want to know. That's the one that excites you. I, 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 I said to the Mecca, we were going to Christ Church one, Christ Church one for a, for a wedding reception. We drove into Christ Church. They were outside. When I saw the way the people were dancing, I, I just brought down the, the glass of my car. Not this one. Just when I heard the sound, I told the Mecca something is wrong here. I don't think we can get into, we can get to this place. 
the, the, from when you hear the music, you know, you know where you should belong. Just by the music alone, you can tell. Hello? Are you listening to me? Just by the sound, you can tell. In our own environments, Christian environments, of course, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Some of the worst, some of the worst occultists today are in church. Some of the worst, I mean, worst derelict people, they are in church. Let's not go into that at all. But when they were hitting the, the, the music, and the people were dancing, I stopped. Emeka was in that car, my boy. He sat down. And I called, I, said, I just called a friend, said, please come. He came. Is this the wedding of social person? He said, please take this gift. Tell him we sent it. So I called the boy. I said, please, this music playing. What's, what is the music? Can you help me find out the, either the album or the person that played it or the reason? Or the, just, can you help me find out? I want to know. And the boy came and said, it's Bendam Pulse. America was there. He said, it's Bendam Pulse. It's Bendam Pulse. What does that mean? No meaning. No meaning. That's the kind of thing our people sing today. Are you not aware that our generation has gone mad? May God heal us of this madness. Somebody just comes and starts singing. And he's making sense. Everybody's dancing. And immediately he, I told the maker, check that thing. Is it online? The maker took his phone. Because I'm into youth, so I want to know what you are doing. Oh my God. I saw, I saw the hellish thing that brethren were dancing in, our, in the church compound. And they were just shouting. And they just knew. The Bible said clearly that it shall come a time when iniquity shall abound. Iniquity shall what? Abound. And the love of many will do what? That's what's happening. It's everywhere. Everywhere. All they sing today from, from media to media, all is eros. And many of you have no single person around you as somebody you are keeping a relationship with in terms of friend or a boy or a girl. But your life is more dirty than a prostitute because all these things have formed your own relationship. That's the problem we are in now. Relationship has gone past having somebody you are working about with. And parents are, are, are angry. Why not stop going about with this person? You are on your own. But the decay going on on you is, 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 is unbearable. That's the issues to pray about. And ask God to deliver you from. Because until you are set free from these things, your life cannot be set aside for the master. So many crowds are still around you. Even though that when we look at you, you are still single. You are alone. But you are not really alone. Because the companies are many. And that's the, that's the, latest, that's the latest design of, the, of relationship now that the devil is doing for the end time world. A system whereby you can be alone, yet you are in relationship. 
Is anybody understand what I'm saying? Are you understand what I'm saying? That's the latest design now. You will, you will confidently come out in fellowship. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. Yes, we agree because we've not seen you with any. But the company of what you keep, both in your heart and around you, with the whole world with you in your hands, it will be better that you even kept boyfriend. <laughs> and the Bible is saying, Know you not that whoever joins himself with any of these things becomes one spirit with them. One spirit with them. When a relationship does not strengthen your behavior towards God, it's an ugly relationship. When it doesn't lead you to a greater holiness and righteousness, it's an ugly relationship. When it doesn't result into future greatness, future joy, future harmony, and it does not release the godly blessings into your life, it's an ugly relationship. If it does not make you become a huge blessing to your church, to your society, and to your world, it's an ugly relationship. No matter how fine and how high it has been rewarded. Today, there are things that you must begin to pray that God will release you from. When we talk about relationships, it's not just about the physical person around you. Youths have found themselves in different kinds of relationships that needs to be broken. Some have found themselves in secret societies. Those are still relationships. It needs to be broken. Secret cults. All kinds of social clubs and gatherings. Your life was going well until you attended one, one birthday party. that they said it was just birthday party. And when you went there, you saw that it was birthday party. Only that they had some alcohols and they, they, they began to misbehave. So you left. Because you are born again. But from that moment, evil was planted into your heart. Because some dangerous passes were made at you. And it became the fulcrum from where the devil started building a new seed. You need to break it. You need to ask for deliverance. Some acquaintances. Some dangerous engagements. That you never knew how you, how you, enter it, how you entered it. You need to ask God to break them. Many have been brought into different, different kinds of, of engagements and, and, and connections. Unconsciously. Unconsciously. I worked in a hospital that I will not mention. And in that hospital, a woman was deep in witchcraft. And she was one of the patients. And nobody knew. And for almost a month, almost two months and a few weeks, by night she was going into the operations of witchcraft and was killing the patients in the ward one by one. And the, and, the, and the mystery was very simple. She had applied in one of the states, in this Enugu state, to become the controller of their witchcraft coven. And she said, and they gave her a condition, because we found out at the end of the day, through prayers, and why we encountered her, that she was give them a number of human beings before she qualifies for that. So there was no way she could do that. And she took sickness. Feigned to be sick, would not recover, despite the treatment of the consultants. I was there, I saw the case, and nobody knew. Because everybody thought it was an education. I mean, it was, it was a physical thing we were dealing with. Until the Lord began to speak in deeper ways and dimensions. And I was shocked. I was wondering, how can I begin to reveal this matter in such a corporate environment where you don't talk about witchcraft? Do you talk about witchcraft in the world? I'm asking, do you, do you go there and start talking about witchcraft? It's not the environment talking about witchcraft. Does, 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 that, does that mean witchcraft may not exist there? 
The realm of the spirit is so real. And it was in one night when the battle became so clear, the Lord opened it up. I said, God, if this is real, then let me know what's going on. Help us to know. I was on call and they told me, come, see what's going on. Came to see the other woman. She was passing out. And everything had gone bad. We were trying to restore the whole, the whole in this that had scattered. And the Lord began to lay it in my heart strongly. From the revelation I saw a few days ago, I had the revelation. The Lord spoke to me. My eyes were open in the spirit and I saw. I was brought into what looks like a covenant, a jungle. And in those jungles I saw people. People held and, and, and tied. Some tied upside down. And it was a revelation. I was, it was a trance. I knelt to pray. And while I was worshipping, I just want to praise you, Lord. Lift my voice to say, I love. I just worshipping. The Spirit of the Lord took me. And I had what looked like a trance. Trance are real. It happens. Are you listening to me? Do you believe that revelations are real? Yes, God speaks. It was trance. And I came in. And I was wondering, where am I? Where am I? Of course, I wasn't. And I was in the company of, 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 of the presence of God. I knew the presence of God was with me. But I was, in an, I was in an ugly environment. Then I saw what looked like, you know, you know, a throne made with with trunks and timbers like that. A throne, and she was sat, sat. I mean, sat on it, sat, and with the hands on the jaw this way, observing what was going on. And the spirit of God ministered to me. Do you recognize that woman? I looked critically. Was the patient in the world? It's like in my revelation. I could connect with the physical to know that the person I'm seeing when I, come, when, I, when I woke up I said no this cannot is this a dream? am I hallucinating? do I have malaria? do I have typhoid? Is it? this cannot be hallucination the Lord is speaking you know, some people don't believe in dreams right? they are all revelations well it's, it's, you need to be deep with God to understand it it can confuse you and when I came up and I understood what was going on to the ward. We're attending to our patients. The Holy Ghost struck my heart. Why not go and check out that woman that you that I revealed to you a few few hours ago? I came to her section and looked. She was not on the bed. Sick person. Where did she get the strength from? How did she leave? She was not there. She had gone down. Please, where is that woman? So I came out. Towards the extreme end of the world, I saw her sitting on a plastic seat with her hands on the jaw. Exactly the same way I saw in my revelation. The countenance, the posture, everything was the same. Ah, could this be real? Or am I still in a virtual world? I went to her. Prayerfully, I was praying in my spirit. Madam, Madam, she was not responding. She was sitting there, but she was not there. She was on the patient. Because that's what she was doing. This is my practical experience. You want to be a professional. You want to be an educationist. You are studying to be a professional and you are not born again. And you think that those people on the other side of the world that are engineers, that they are being engineers just by their head knowledge. Don't know that many people are looking for powers to connect with. You want to be a leader. God is laying it in my heart to be a leader. 
politics. I want to go into politics. And you think politicians are politicians are angels? Some of them are dangerously covenanted to strange spirits and demons. I don't care. I know what I'm talking about. In missions, I've encountered some of the dangerous satanic priests who have many of our politicians in Enugu as his clients. Thank God he has repented now. And the things he spoke to me dazed my head. I have pictures. I have documents. I can't show it. There are experiences I I encountered in missions. They sat over an atmosphere and she was killing. When she got up, Madam, that year and award, even remember, that was around 11.15, midnight. And I'm an Ali Kuku. And I'm an Ali Kuku. Nabuku Mogini Kuku by 11.15. It's so clear. How can you be an Ali Kuku by that kind of time? And you are, and you, and you, and you are sick. But there was no need to fight. It's a bad luck. You need to get a lot of money. You need to get a lot of money. You need to get a lot of this time. She insisted and insisted and knew that it was down here. She will not leave that place. Those are the kinds of relationships that ought to be broken. Some strange beings around you manipulating your life and you don't even know. I pray this morning. That the mercy of God will fight with us and break those relationships in the name of Jesus. Relationships are not just having people around you. In the realm, there are things that have been made to relate with your spirit also. Close friends, family members, people that bring you into all kinds of carnal understandings. They are the relationships you must break. Rise upon your feet. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Because there is nobody that comes to the Lord that he casts out. There are battles that you must fight. And I told you when I started preaching that the first battle you must fight as a youth in this 21st century is the battle for knowledge. Knowledge. You must know. You must study to show yourself approved. The level of the word of the Lord that is operational in you is what to determine how far you will prosper in the spirit. Yes. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So you can only prosper by the amount of truth you know. My prayer for you as you are kneeling here is that the Lord will begin to release in you a hunger that will drive you into the word of God to search for truth. And as you search for those truths, it becomes like revelation fired into your hearts. Like an arrow of revelation fired into your hearts. And it begins to become understanding that will guide your footsteps. The word of the Lord is like a light unto thy feet and a lamp unto thy path. It leads. And that's what you need. I pray for you this morning. Father, the struggle of this of this world, carnality, struggling with these hearts. Many are already defeated in this battle, but but this morning, Lord, your grace is here again. Some of them have been cut down like a tree, but by the flow 
of the river of living water, you spring up again. Spring up again. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, there is an encounter you have started with them this morning. When we, are, when we are coming back here in the evening, oh God, may your grace and your fire encounter their hearts. Thank you, Father. As you are kneeling, say this word after me. Say, Jesus, I consecrate my life to you. Come and be the Lord over my life. From this day forward, strengthen me. Empower my soul. Release your anointing into my life. Teach me to know your ways. Open my heart to your word. And let the knowledge of your grace fill my heart. Plant in me the hunger and passion that will take me beyond the operations of this world. Take me higher above the corruption that is upon this world through lust strengthen my life today thank you father for I know you have answered me Jesus mighty name I pray amen father we thank you this afternoon but we are coming in the evening to intercede to seek your face to pray down open heavens upon our own lives. And we are asking for a certain level of impartations that will lead us like ambassadors and warriors through the journey of this pilgrim experience that we are in. I thank you for our lives. But Lord, we know that not being ignorant of the device of the evil one, they have come to do what they have come to create the destructions that have been prophesied which will come in this end time. But you said that they that will endure to the end shall be saved. Father, this one shall be among those ones that will be saved. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the remnant that will be saved in the midst of all that the enemy will do in this time. There's a remnant that will be saved. And Father, we prophesy. Keep our hearts. Keep our hearts. Take it from heaven and seize it. Seal it from your courts above. And keep us close with you. Blessed be thy name. And every strange atmosphere that has been built, some of them here, Lord, are struggling with the atmospheres from their own homes, from their own families, ungodly atmospheres from their own, from their own homes. Others here, Lord, are struggling from the kinds of ungodly atmospheres from their own neighborhoods and friends. But this morning, Lord, by your mercy, may your spirit and your power begin to raise another man out of your sons and daughters such that can stand and become light that would dispel the darkness of such atmosphere in the name of Jesus. For we we are created in your image to stand at that level high in the spirit that is a little lower than Elohim. Raise them and plant them above principalities and powers. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And amen.